Well, good morning, everyone. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And Lord, as we study your word, it's your spirit that takes words and makes them truth. So Lord, do a great work today. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. We're uh, studying today the topic that Jesus, God wants you well. Has anybody ever been sick in the room? I've been sick and I've been well and I kind of like the well better. Now before we look at the text, I got maybe six or seven slides that I just want to have a little bit of a talk before we get to the text. And uh, you can maybe take notes on the rear, if you wish, of your outline. There's enough space there. Um, you say, why are we talking about healing? Well, for a number of reasons, because we've all been sick. Someone say amen. I've been sick. A lot of our folk have been sick. And uh, we have all been broken, stapled together gone through surgery, been in wrecks, fallen, gotten hurt. We've all kind of been there. And we have lost loved ones in the last year, year and a half. And uh, I've done too many funerals for people that I love. And uh, sometimes we feel like they left too soon. You ever feel that way? I just wanted them around a little bit longer. So here's some questions on healing that we think about. People ask about, and people in the body of Christ see things differently. I want to talk to you about what we think, where we are. Was healing just for the time of Jesus, or does Jesus still like to grant healing today? What do you think? I'm going to vote for then and today both. We need healing just as much today as we did 2,000 years ago and some common questions about healing. I just want to mention, where do we form our theology? Where do we get our beliefs about God? That's essentially theology. Is it from our experience or is it from what God said? It's from what God said. You may say, well, I prayed for people and it didn't work out. Like I thought it would, well, get in line. I have two. But I'm going to keep praying because that's what the scripture tells me to do. I have seen people get well when I prayed for them. And I've also seen people go on to heaven when I prayed for them and I didn't want that to happen. I've seen both. But I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to leave the results in God's hand. And when I pray for people that are ill, when I pray for myself, I want to have a couple of things in my mind as I do that. I always want to acknowledge to my Heavenly Father, to the Lord Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, that I know He's good, and He's good how often? And I want to see Jesus glorified, and however this plays out, but I also want to hear for whatever he would say. He may whisper to my heart how to pray or how long to pray or what I need to talk to about before I pray. My own father had terminal cancer and three times in South Carolina, I was called to come home say, uh, to being told that my dad wouldn't last till the morning. And so I either drove, one time I flew home and I didn't feel like it was God's time so I slept on the floor in the waiting room outside of ICU, set my alarm, and I would go to the door and lay my hand on the door because I couldn't get in to see him. And I spoke life over his body. Three different times the Lord raised my dad up and gave him another year, which I was very, very grateful for because I felt like I did what the Holy Spirit told me to do. The last time, my poor father could not eat, could not breathe, could not sleep, could not stand, could not rest. And I heard the gentle voice of the Lord saying, 
asked me to take him home. And that's what happened. That was his time, I believe. I also want to mention before we get into this, that when we talk about healing, it's not just physical. We think that's 100%. It may only be 20%. The healing that we need from the Lord Jesus is also in our emotions. When you've been wounded and hurt deeply, it messes with everything. It's also in our mind. Sometimes we can get so angry and so stirred up we can't sleep. We can't let things go. Also, our relationships may need healing because they're broken. Our marriage is broken. We've got a broken relationship with our son, and we don't know how to fix it. Jesus knows what to do. And also from our past, you may have got wounded by something your father did. You may have got wounded while you were in high school. You may have got wounded by a choice you made or an experience you went through. And it has stayed there all these years. And you think it's normal. It is not normal. You need to be healed from it so you can become the person that the Lord wants you to be. And we've all been there. Now let's all turn to Acts chapter 10. You may already be there, I hope. This is a story where the Lord appeared to Simon Peter and said, there's a man I've prepared down the coast, 30 some odd miles. He's a professional military man. He's a centurion in the Roman army. And I want you to go see him. So in the house, this conversation takes place. It's a wonderful explanation of what Jesus is like to a seeker who wants to know God but can't find it. So let's start in verse number 34. You all got your Bibles? Hold your Bibles up. You got them? Excellent. Verse 34 of chapter 10. Opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is no one to show partiality. In every nation, the man who fears him... The man who does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ because he is Lord of all. Verse 37. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting in Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed. You got to remember, Jesus was the most famous person in all this part of the world. This centurion knew about him. This centurion may have seen him minister. Verse 38 is our key verse. You ought to underline this. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by who? By the devil, because God was with him. Point number one. The scripture just stated that Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God. He left his powers in heaven and everything he did was because of the anointing. Where did the anointing come from? The passage tells us. The anointing of the Holy Spirit, which brought power. It's very, very, very clear. How did Jesus do signs and wonders? Through the anointing of the Spirit of God. And he went about doing good. Everyone say good, please. You want to have a great life, you want to have a great ministry, go about being led by the Spirit and do good to someone every single day. And the scripture said he healed all. He didn't tell some people who were suffering. He didn't say things like, well, no, I'm sorry, I'm not healing you today. I don't have time for you. He didn't say you got a lesson to learn. Hey, we've all got lessons to learn. Aren't you glad he didn't say that to you? You got some lessons. You got to clean up before I'll help you. He didn't say this. He didn't say, well, you deserve this illness. 
He didn't say that. He didn't say, well, you've led a wicked past and something you did 25 years ago is why I've got to punish you now. He didn't say that. That's stuff the devil says. But here's what the scripture does say. He healed all who were oppressed. Say the word oppressed. Oppressed by the devil. Have you been oppressed before? Let's, let's make this clear. Who is the oppressor? Somebody tell me. The devil is the oppressor. Keep that clear in your mind. God is not an oppressor. The devil is the oppressor. Now, where does sickness come from? And I'm not an authority on it, but I'll give you several options of where sickness comes from. First, it comes because we live in a fallen world. The father told the very first men, the very first man, very first woman, that there's only one thing I'm asking you not to do. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the only thing I'm asking you not to do. Because if you do that, you will die. You will die spiritually. Emotionally, part of you will die. Mentally, part of you will die. And ultimately, physically, you will die. So we live in a fallen world. Uh, I have never worn glasses in my entire life until last year. It's because I like to read my Bible, I guess. I'm re wearing glasses. We have bodies that succumb to the fallen world. Have you noticed? The perishable. Bob Hale, when he, our COS brother, when he died last week, he had a perishable body and his body perished. But he is perishable, put on imperishable in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. And the scripture says this, it's appointed, everyone say appointed, for every man, every woman to die ultimately. That will happen. Unless you're on the planet when Jesus comes back, you will die. That's just the way it is. And there's an appointed time. And the last day you live on this earth is your best day because you go to where you are always meant to be. And see, not taking care of the temple the Lord has given you, and that is not to buffet your body. It is buffet your body to make your body your servant and not you serve your body. Uh, have you known people that went home prematurely because they didn't take care of themselves? They were foolish. And then D, and this has probably happened to every one of us in a room, overt demonic attack meant to harass you, stop you, inflict you, and indeed even kill you. Jesus saw a woman who was bent double. When she walked, she walked, walked like an L. She slept like that. She never could look up because her body and her back were twisted. And it was twisted because there was a spirit that had come upon her and brought this malady. Now, I believe in chiropractors. I love chiropractors. They've helped me. But she could have gone to the chiropractor, maybe got some kind of temporary relief, but she would have been right back because the root issue was the spirit. Okay, are you with me so far? And then the fifth one is this. If you and I violate God's word, when we violate God's word, we open doors. And those doors can start little seeds growing in our heart. And those little seeds become little sprouts, little saplings, and they develop roots. 
And those roots go down our legs and our hands and through our eyes and through our mouth and through our ears. It colors what we hear, colors what we see, colors what we say. And they can stay in there for generations until you've acknowledged your disobedience, you confessed it, and asked Jesus to break that power. Probably every one of us in this room have had this happen, and maybe we have some things going on right now in our lives. Read this from Romans 6 with me, please. Don't keep presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Stop opening dark doors. And then this verse from Hosea. My people are destroyed because of a what? They can't see cause and effect. They think it's normal. And it is not normal. And because believers, all of us, have opened dark doors, that what happens, these doors become roots, and these roots become dark castles, and the Apostle Paul call them strongholds. If you go to Israel in the north, you see this highway that runs along the length of the coast, and when it gets to this one spot, it forks two ways. If you go to the left or go to the west, it goes toward Turkey. If you go to the right, it goes toward Syria. And for a 36 centuries, there's been a military fortification on top of that hill called Megiddo. And there's probably been 10 nations that have had fortresses on that hill. Because when you have a fortress on a hill, it controls commerce, military, everything cannot go because there is a force blocking it. And we don't even know that's what it is. Now, turn with me to the right, to the book of Hebrews, and I'll give you a perfect example of this. It's from the life of Esau, whose brother Jacob cheated him twice. Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse number 14. The scripture says, pursue peace with all men and the sanctification, which means getting cleaner and cleaner and cleaner, without which no one will see the Lord. Verse 15. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. So when we've been hurt or we're tempted to get into something dark, the grace of God, which is a power and a force, shows up. It's like a force field. And that family member, that person said that horrible, hurtful thing about you. You have your choice, split second, to receive that dark arrow or to say, no, Lord, I humble myself. I'll respond in righteousness. That's called the grace of God. And the grace of God, if it is accepted, will keep the root from getting planted in your heart. No root of bitterness springing up, causing trouble, thereby many are defiled. Just this one issue of bitterness. It starts with being hurt, then goes to being angry, then being bitter, then comes hatred, and fifth comes destruction. Have you been bitter? I've been bitter. Hold your hand up. You've been bitter? Okay, I've been bitter. And you think it's normal. It is not normal. And today, if you're bitter toward anybody, today, if you're angry toward your husband, today, if you're angry toward anyone, if you don't confess it to the Lord, repent of it and let it go, it will become a seed of bitterness. It will become a root. And it will start growing. 
You say, well, Steve, that's not fair. Esau was betrayed by his own family member. Hey, there's nothing in life that says life has to be fair to you. Get over it. You're going to be wounded, hurt, betrayed, stabbed in the back, brokenhearted. You're going to suffer loss because you are living on this planet, and this planet is a war zone. And the Lord allows a certain amount to teach you humility and to cause you to trust in him. When things happen to us, and let me tell you this root of bitterness in Esau, he became full of lust, he became full of greed, he became full of angry of anger, and it went from him to his sons, to his grandsons, to his great great grandchildren, and the whole nation called Edomite became cutthroats, slavers kidnappers and murderers for generations. And it started with a bowl of soup. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, thereby allowing a root of bitterness to spring up, thereby causing trouble. It will trouble you all your life. Until you see it, repent of it, confess, and walk out of it. Therefore, defiling many. And so it just doesn't mess with you. It messes with your marriage. It messes with your kids. It messes with every relationship. This is called a dark root. This is called a stronghold. Maybe you've got a stronghold of fear. Maybe you're known at work as an angry person. Maybe, I tell you, pride will get you spanked quicker than anything in the eyes of God. He hates pride. He will take his belt off and come after you. Lust. You open that door of lust and get on the lust train and go to lust land, you can stay there for decades. And it'll ruin everything about you. And then... Wrong relationships. How many relationships does it take to ruin your life? One bad one. And this one, bitterness and unforgiveness. Now, if you notice the little diagram up there, that's you. You have three parts. God made you with three parts. You are a spirit. When you were conceived in your mommy's womb, you are a spirit. You are an eternal spirit. You live forever somewhere. Then you have a soul, which is made up of your mind, your will, and emotions. And then you live in a body. So when you open these doors, when you make wrong choices and don't repent of them, when even people do abusive things to you, it doesn't just affect your heart. It affects your mind. It affects your relationships. Ultimately, it will go through all three parts of your life because they're all connected. And a lot of the illnesses that people end up with don't start with a germ. Don't start with a pandemic. Don't start. They start with hurt and woundedness. And then rejection is a big one. How many have been rejected? I have. Doesn't it hurt? Oh, there's nothing like rejection. It's one thing to be rejected, which you will be, but it's another thing to let that ruin you. And then unbelief. Unbelief is a decision where you just say, nope, I'm not believing anymore. I'm not trusting and drivenness. You know, ambition is good, but being driven is evil. It is dark. It is a spirit because you get consumed. Now, if you want to be driven by anything, be driven by pursuing God. Everything else is a waste. Everything else is darkness and greed. And then occultism. 
You mess with Ouija boards. You mess with tarot cards. You mess with seances. You mess with white magic. You may be inviting a demonic spirit to hang out in your family for generations. Those are called familiar spirits, which are spirits that stay in a family. It's very serious. You must repent of these things. And then self-hatred. Have you struggled with self-hatred? You don't like who God made you. You find no joy, no rest. That is demonic. He loves you. You should appreciate how he made you. Now this conference is coming up next weekend called Be In Health. We've got a lot of people already registered for that. We're going to meet right here in this room starting Friday afternoon through most of the day Saturday. And let me tell you what their forte is. Helping people get healed from the wounds that they've carried a long time. Maybe from their father. Maybe from a divorce. Maybe from a disappointment. And this is their gifts and grace uh, I've been through the material. Sue and I actually went five days to Georgia because we just wanted prayer. We wanted teaching. Anything that we had inside us that's not was right, we wanted Jesus to rip it out. So if you want to come, it's free, but you need to register. It's got all the details right there in the bulletin. Point number three, you have an adversary. Everyone say the word Adversary. That is someone that hates you and is sworn to destroy you. The scripture says Satan is like a roaring lion who seeks out everyone and everything he can destroy. So can we just be clear? Can you see the broad gap between who the father is and who the devil is. Can you see that? Let me make it clear. Our heavenly father forgives our sins. Praise God. While the devil tries to lead us into sin. Our heavenly father is the healer and he's our healer. And whether he uses a doctor or surgeon or chiropractor or medicine, it's all healing. It's from him. And the devil is this thief that steals, kills, and destroys. He's the destroyer. You have no idea how much he's already destroyed in your life. And you thought it was just natural occurrence. The Heavenly Father brings good people into our lives. And the devil brings wicked people. Bad company corrupts good morals, the scripture says. It's like, they're like poison. Get away from them. Our Heavenly Father leads us into freedom. Satan leads people into bondage. We become his puppets. He presses a button and we just do what he wants. Our Heavenly Father is a loving, protective shepherd who will always come running. And the devil, same very passage. He's a ravaging wolf. True shepherds don't run from these. And don't you. Our Heavenly Father always tells the truth. Someone say amen. And the devil is a father of lies. Jesus made it just real clear. When the devil opens his mouth, he is what? He is lying. And he's lied to you. And some of you have thought it was God speaking to you. It was a lying, deceiving spirit. God always adds to people's lives Satan always steals and takes from people's life. Has the devil stolen from you? Our Heavenly Father loves you with an everlasting love. There's nothing you could do to cause him to stop loving you. 
And yet, Satan hates you with an unrelenting passion. You say, Steve, are you going to answer every single question about healing and sickness? No, because I don't know the answers. But I'm learning and growing, and I want to see you do well. This is what, where Jesus stood on sickness. He healed everybody who came to him. And he did this because... It's the father's attitude toward sickness. He cares for people that are hurting. Jesus said this, if you want to know what the father is like, hang around me for 24 hours because I only do what the father does. I only do what I see my father doing. I only do what the father tells me to do. Here's an example, Exodus chapter 15, four million people in the, in the desert, anxious to get water. They come to a watering place and they get there. They start drinking. Their animals start drinking. People start getting sick because the water is bitter. The water is bad. And they start complaining. And the Lord speaks to Moses and say, you throw that broken tree into that poison reservoir and I'll take, this is what he does. I'll take what is bitter and I'll turn it into sweet. I'll take what's bitter and I'll turn it into sweet. I'll take what's bitter and I'll turn it into sweet. Why? Because that's what he does. And he said, after everybody had plenty to drink, he said, let me give you the, let me give you the lesson here. I will never ever put any of the diseases on you that I allowed and I put on the Egyptians. I don't give cancer. I don't give heart disease. I don't give leukemia. I don't give dementia. I don't give arthritis. I don't do that because I'm telling you, I don't do that. I, he said, let me even tell you my name. I am the Lord your healer, and this is my name. Write it down. I am Jehovah Rapha, your healer. When I'm sick, where do I need to look? To Jehovah Rapha, my healer. The apostle John, I love this. I love this. I love this. Jesus told him to write this down for you that I wish above all things that my children would prosper. Everyone say prosper. That doesn't mean have a hundred BMWs. It means simply to do well. Do you want your children to do well? He wants his children to do well and to be in health even as your soul prospers first. And Jesus gave authority to the church, to the 12, to the 70. I give you authority over serpents and scorpions, over everything deadly, over unclean spirits. So, who are your enemies? Remember, the answer is always on the screen, third grade level. Who are your enemies? Unclean spirits. That's what Jesus said. Who messes with your children? Unclean spirits. Who wants to stop you? Unclean spirits that dirty you, defile you, poison you, distract you, choke you, and over every kind of disease. And he commanded them as he sent them out, I want you to preach the gospel. Tell them the kingdom of heaven is here. And I want you to heal the sick. Worship team, would you come on out? I want you to heal the sick. I want you to heal the sick. That's his heart. I want you to cleanse the leper. That's his heart. 
because he has compassion. I want you to run off those demonic rats that want to infiltrate your life and your heart. Get them out. Take authority over it. Tell them to leave. Tell them to stop. Tell them to shut up, and they will. And then he commanded the church, which is you, to pray for and raise up to wholeness those who are sick. The scripture says if there's any who are sick, let them come to the elders. Let the elders anoint with oil, which is a symbol of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the prayer offered in faith will raise up the one who is sick. And if there's any sins that need to be forgiven, they will be forgiven. Now, here's my bottom line. Are you ready? Here's the bottom line to this time this morning. You wrestle with this. You deal with this. The prayer of faith in James 5 can heal you. The prayer offered in faith can keep you healthier. The prayer of faith, when you do get sick, when you do have surgery, when you're not doing well, can help you get back on your feet quicker. Thanks be to God for the doctor. But we need the great physician to step in and do what only he could do. Now, we're going to do two things here. Everyone have the Lord's table here? And I want to encourage you. As we take the Lord's table today, this is not a religious exercise. This is not something some Christian group does. This is a form of worship, a form of commitment, a form of submission, and a, a form of me examining my heart. Before we take the Lord's table, if your heart is not right, because you know you've opened doors that should not have been opened, you know you've disobeyed the Lord, you have unforgiveness in your heart. Before you take the Lord's table, I want you to talk to him and let that go. So do it right now. Close your eyes. Do it right now. If your heart is not right, don't take the Lord's table. Do it right now. Do it right now. Now, open the portion with the bread. Put the bread in your hand and hold it in front of you. This is your commitment to walk with God all the days of your life. And pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, as you were broken for me, I offer myself back to you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable today. Take and eat. Likewise, open where the wine is and hold it up. The blood of Christ, the most precious commodity in all the earth that makes us new. Pray with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for your blood. Thank you for forgiving me. 
and making me a new creation. I glory in you and I worship you today for forgiving me all my sins in Jesus' name. Amen. And finally, as we've talked about the Father's compassion for you, today you may need healing. Maybe you've got a hip that is just killing you. Maybe you've gotten hurt at work. Maybe you're under a doctor's care and you just need a touch from heaven. Maybe you are wounded from something that happened years ago and you're still hurt. You've never been able to get over it and you need the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and supernaturally pour his healing on your soul. If you need healing today, I want you to stand up and I want you to come down here and I wanna pray for you. I'm going to not pray one at a time. I'm going to pray for the whole group. So if you need healing, stand up and come down. Stand up and come down. I don't have to know. He knows what you need. Stand up and come down and come close to the front. We'll have a lot of people here. Come close to the front. Come on down. And as you come down, what you're doing, you're exercising your faith. You're saying, Lord, I believe. Lord, I want. Lord, I trust you. Come on down. Come closer. Come closer. Come down. Slide over so others can come. Come on down. Let the Lord help you today. Come on down. Come closer. Slide over one way or the other. We have time. Come on down. We'll just trust him. Come on down. Come a little closer. Come on down. Since we're two or more gathered, that's where I am. We know he's here and we know he wants to help us. And it doesn't matter, too big, too small, he can do it all. So I want you to close your eyes, open your hands. It's a form of just being in a place to receive. I want you to tell him what you need help with. Just whisper to him what you need help with. It may be a son who's away from God. It may be you got a daughter who wants to get pregnant and she can't have a child. It may be somebody that you're standing in place of for healing. Tell him what you need right now. Just tell him. Just tell him what you need right now. Express your need to him right now. Now, fathers, your people stand in humility, asking for your help. We acknowledge you are good all the time. We acknowledge that you are compassionate. We acknowledge in the name of Jesus that you are gracious, that you are slow to anger and forgiving, and you want to show your loving kindness down to the thousandth generation because we love you. We say, spirit of infirmity, we break your power. We break your power, you lying spirits, you demonic spirits. We break your power now. And we cast you out and command you to leave. We see, we say unbelieving hearts and our loved one, we break your power in Jesus' name. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Come home in the name of Jesus. Wounds be opened in the name of Jesus. Strength to legs return. Be healed in Jesus' name. We'll give you all the credit, all the glory, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. We thank you for hearing our prayer. We thank you. We thank you. And Lord, we will glorify you for what you've done today. 
We'll glorify you. Be healed. Jehovah Jireh, thank you. Now, as we stand and worship right now, you're welcome to just stand and worship here in our final song. But I want to say, if there's somebody in the room that's got a lung problem, you've got some kind of blockage, you're not breathing well, you've got some kind of tumor, there's something going on with your lungs. When the service is over, I want you to come right over here and let the intercessors pray for you in the name of Jesus. specifically for that. Lord, I pray that you would just come and touch those that have arthritis. I command the joints, Lord, to be healed in Jesus' name. I command arthritis to get out in Jesus' name. If that's you, raise your hand. Those that are seeing them, raise their hands. If you could just put your hand on them, those that are beside those that have that. We just command these joints to be healed in Jesus' name. Pain leave in Jesus' name. Arthritis get out in Jesus' name. Lord, we just pray specifically for these that have walked in chronic pain. You know the burden that that's been to them and how discouraging that that's been. Lord, we just command this discouragement off of them and pray that you would just come with a wave Lord, of your encouragement and your hope. We release healing over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together.
There's people that will pray for you on the wings, but you need to pick up your children before we give them away to other people. If you have, if the doctor has been talking to you about dementia, you've been forgetting stuff and it's bothered you, come see me right here. I want to pray for you. Okay, Father, thank you for being so kind. Thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, our healer, and that's your heart because you're good all the time. So, Father, help us to walk in your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. joining us at Church of the Savior online today. We hope you are encouraged to pursue God and grow in your walk with Jesus. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, please reach out to us. We would love to help you take your next step. Please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. There is also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.